We're in a series using the Lord's Prayer as you would know it. I call it the model prayer. Uh, Something I shared last week is that Jesus could not have prayed that prayer. So I don't call it the Lord's Prayer because he could not have prayed it because he could never have asked for forgiveness. And that's a part of that prayer. So remember, when we talk about this prayer that we see Jesus teaching, it was in response to the disciples actually asking, Lord, teach us to pray. So then he says, in this manner, this is how you should pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So we covered that aspect last week. We talked about um, that we are, are in our prayer life. It's about a relationship with our Father. It's our Father, not just my Father. Sometimes we think that we're single, you know, we're, 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 we're single children in the family. We're not. We're a part of a very large family. And sometimes we forget that. And uh, anyway, so you want to go back and listen to that, that'll be great. But today we're in part two, and we're going to talk about when he says, So our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about your kingdom come. So that's going to be the first thing that we're going to focus on, your kingdom come. So what does that mean? When we are, when we, this, Jesus is saying, this is how you are to pray. So when you're praying to your Father in heaven, that's where he is, what we're asking for is, God, we want your kingdom to come here. So God has a kingdom, and it ain't mine. It's not my kingdom. So often we make this all about us. We go to God in prayer and say, God, I need you to do this, 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 this. And I got a whole long list of all the things that I want you to do in my kingdom. There is a kingdom. It's not mine. It's his. I'm asking for his kingdom to come down and invade my kingdom. That's what we're praying for. Until we get to that kind of a place, it's more about our kingdom than it is about his kingdom. Your kingdom come. Your kingdom come invade this kingdom. I want what you want here, even when it isn't what I want. Have you ever realized that a lot of times in your prayer life and the things that you're asking for, God sometimes just says, no, that's not going to be the way that you want it. But this is for my kingdom. Sometimes the hardest things in our life and the things that God says no to Is for his kingdom. My son passing was for his kingdom. That was a prayer that God said no to a mom and to a dad. He said no. When I pray, I'm praying for God's kingdom, not my kingdom. It's the hardest part about it. I think the hardest part about prayer when Jesus was teaching his disciples is when it comes to your kingdom kingdom come I skipped a slide (laughs) I don't know if it's frozen or not could you guys go to the second slide since my thing's not there we go okay so I've already said that Let me get to the verse. There we go. 
So when we're talking about his kingdom, one of the things that I love in Matthew chapter 6, in the same passage that we see this prayer, is as Jesus starts off in verse 25, he says, do not worry about what you're going to eat or what you're going to drink or what you're going to wear. You know, God knows all this. He talks about how he takes care of the birds of, uh, of the air and how he takes care of the flowers. He meets all of these needs. And then he comes back to this one verse, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Guys, don't miss. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. A lot of times we seek God's kingdom, but we're not seeking his righteousness. There's a lot of times that we're seeking God's kingdom, come fix my kingdom, but I really don't want to live the way that you told me to live. I really don't want to do the things that you're telling me to do, but I want your kingdom to come down here and fix mine. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added. We're going to come back to this verse at the end, but I want you to, to, to understand this statement. Until the kingdom of God becomes first in your life, you're not serious about the kingdom of God at all. I'm going to let that sink in for just a moment. That's a pretty tough statement, isn't it? Until the kingdom of God becomes first you're not serious about the kingdom of God actually coming into your life isn't that kind of hard when you start thinking about do I really seek God's kingdom first ask yourself just just a moment just think do I seek God's kingdom first because let's be real we all have a lowercase k kingdom I remember growing up and my, my dad would be like, why are we doing that? It's my house, my rules. Anybody else have parents that used to say that to you or is my, right? So you, you've, how many of you, you, you've heard that before, like my house, my rules, right? So we all have our lowercase k kingdom, right? So it's my house, my rules. There's a lot of times the kids are like, well, I don't want to do that. And I said, when you start paying the bills, then you can be a part of the decision making. Would you like to pay rent this month? I would love for my kids to pay some rent, right? I would love for them like, hey, you know what? Fork up some of that and then you could tell me what you want for dinner. You could, you know, if you want some soda, pay some bills, you know? I mean, water's a lot cheaper than that stuff, you know? So, you know, so a lot of times what happens is, is, is so that's the easiest answer is like, listen, this is my house, my rules. Well, guess what? Why would we think that this is any different with God our Father. He's got a kingdom, and he's got some kingdom rules. You guys ever found that? I mean, the Bible's filled with them. We're going to see some of them. So, when you start thinking about your house and your rules, you know, one, you know, you may, what you allow in your house is not always the same somebody else allows in their house, right? I remember grandma, I'd go to grandma's. If you stayed the night at my grandma's house <laughs> on a Saturday night, it doesn't matter who you are, you're going to church with them in the morning. I mean, there, there's, there's no one left behind in the house. You go, and there's not like, hey, I really don't feel, I don't care, get in the car, we're going. I mean, it was my house. You stayed in my house last night, you're going to church with me in the morning, get over it. 
I remember we, we, I learned that rule from my grandma and my wife and I would put the same rule and we had one of our, our um, parental figures in our life at some point staying with us and uh, they needed a, a place to stay so they stayed with us for about a month and, and uh, Saturday night I said, hey, you need to make sure that you're ready for church in the, in the morning. like, well, I, I'm not going. <laughs> yeah, you are. I'm old enough to be your parent. It's my house. Unless you're paying all my bills, you don't get that decision. This is my house, my rules. We all go. We all going. Because that's, that's, that's when you have, when you're paying the bills and, you're, and that's your roof, you get to make those kind of decisions. And why I'm saying that and why I'm using this illustration is that I want you to understand what you're asking. God, I want your kingdom to come. I want your righteousness to come. Your, that's what we're asking for. A lot of times we don't realize, we don't even understand what we're asking for. We're asking his kingdom to come. So we have a, a lot of God's children. God has a problem with a lot of his children because they're trying to bring the opposing rules of the earth into his heavenly kingdom. Come on. You, you know I'm right. When you start thinking about how many churches have compromised the truth of the word of God and allowed all kinds of, 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 of it's, it's, there's a big difference between all of us have got, you know, we, we all fall short of the glory of God. We come in, we bring our sin, we bring our trouble, we bring our problems. But when we begin to compromise the truth and say sin is okay and God doesn't care if you're transgender or God doesn't care. You know what? There's no such thing as a gay Christian. There's no such thing as a drunk Christian. There's no such thing as an angry, bitter, jealous, unforgiving Christian. Because God's word is very clear. Those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. What are we praying for? The kingdom of God. There's a big difference when I come in and I bring all my struggles. And, and, and guess what? We trip, we fall, we fall flat on our face. Don't we? That's okay. We come in and say, God, I broke some of your kingdom rules today, and I'm sorry. I want to get right with you. That's what the kingdom is all about. But when we come in and we say, you know what? We want to change some of the ways that you're managing the kingdom, God. We really want some things to be different around here. How can we be praying for his kingdom to come when I'm trying to change his kingdom rules? Whew, it's tough stuff, isn't it? I didn't say that this series was going to be easy, but it is going to be life-changing. Something else I want to ask you. Do you know what we're all waiting for as, as a believer in Christ? Do you know what we're all waiting for, what we are all waiting for? Anybody want to shout out that answer? What are we waiting for right now? To go home? We're, we're waiting for who to come back? We're waiting for Jesus, right? Think about, I want, like, guys, this is what's so amazing about this prayer. Did I skip a whole bunch of slides while I'm talking? No, not yet. Okay, good. <laughs> I forget about the touching the slides thing. I get so excited. I'm so excited about this. So think about this. We're waiting right now. We're waiting for Jesus to return. What does he bring with him? The kingdom of heaven. I mean, that's what we're literally waiting for. So what do you think happens when we start saying, your kingdom come? We're saying, Christ, come back. Bring your kingdom. Change this earth. Change what's going on. Change this nation. God, I want you to come and invade this place. 
That's what we're praying for. But how often we miss it because we're so focused on our little K kingdoms. See, he's showing us something so much bigger than my four walls, my little 20 acres. He's saying this is so much bigger. It's so much bigger than Warsaw or Lincoln or Cole Camp. It's so much bigger than your little address that you live out. It's so much bigger. There's something bigger going on. And until you get focused on my kingdom, seeking my kingdom first, you're not going to get what I'm all about. I just get excited when we start thinking about, man, I, I just want God to come and invade, invade us. Invade this house, invade this town, invade this nation. Bring your kingdom down. Romans 14, 8 and 9, it says this, For if we live, we live to the Lord. See, when we talk about seeking first the kingdom, this is what it looks like. When I'm seeking the kingdom first, God, if I live, I live for you. If I die, I die for you. I mean, that's, guys, it doesn't get any easier than that. If I'm still alive, I'm alive for the Lord. But if God says your day is over, then I'm dying in the Lord. See, there's, there's a couple of things that I, I, I think a lot. When I, when I think of, of my time that God has given me, I so badly, at the end of my life, I want, I, there's only really, I don't want crowns, I don't want jewels, I don't want, I don't want any of that. Oh, but I, there's this one thing that more than anything I want God to look at me and say, well done, my son. Like, there's nothing more than just hearing that out of my maker. Well done. So I started thinking about, okay, when Malachi got sick, I put a lot of thought into life and death. I want to I, I live well. When I'm living, I want to live for the Lord. When I suffer, because guess what? Life is filled with suffering. I want to suffer well, and I want to die well. I want people to see me when I'm dying that it's all about him. I want to live for him, I want to suffer for him, and I want to die for him. That's what I want to do. I want to set that example for my kids. I want them to see that, you know what, yeah, dad could lose his temper. Dad can become a drill sergeant pretty quick. Dad can, can, can sometimes unkind words come out of his mouth. But you know what, he lived for the Lord, he suffered for the Lord, and he's going to die for the Lord. I want my kids to see me die for the Lord. Something that would be inspiring. I don't want to, to go out screaming. I want to go out praising. Part of our problem when we're seeking God's kingdom is that we don't really go to the king of the kingdom for kingdom advice. I'm meddling now, just to let you all know right up front. When we have problems in our life, we know that we need to go to the father of the kingdom to get kingdom advice. But we don't ever listen very often. God, I'm mad. God, I'm frustrated. God, I'm upset. God, I'm this. And you tell them exactly how you feel, and then you get on the phone and start talking to everybody else. You're getting kingdom advice from somebody who's not the king. I 
And then what we do is when that advice falls short because it's not from our king, when it falls short, then guess what we do? We then, when everything falls apart because we took a um, lowercase kingdom advice for an uppercase kingdom issue, then all of a sudden we're like, well, now, God, I need you to really fix it. Well, I was trying to give you advice the whole time, but you wouldn't shut up and listen. I mean, I wonder how many problems in our lives would be fixed if we would just shut up and listen. Maybe I'll write a sermon about shutting up. Just shut up. Shut up and listen, or I'll bury you alive in a box. Okay, so moving along. All right. So your kingdom come. Now, what's the next part? Your will be done. So when I'm praying, I'm asking God's kingdom to come invade my kingdom. God to bring his kingdom ideas, his kingdom rules, his kingdom blessings, and take over this messy kingdom here. Your will be done. The word for will is thelema in Greek. Thelema. And it means your will or desire. And this refers to God's desired purpose or outcome. His plan. God has a plan. He has a purpose. He has a will. A desire. This is what God desires to take place. I'm going to show you some things about God's will that some of you may not even agree with me. I hope so. Because I think sometimes we've been so maybe indoctrinalized by some things that we are not really paying attention to what the Bible actually says about a lot of things. And I think there's a lot of confusion when it comes to the will of God. So I'm going to show you scripture, not my opinion. There's five types of will that we're going to talk about. Five different types of will. Let me make this statement to really stir the pot before I even go. You would think that whatever God wants to happen will automatically happen. He's all-powerful. He's God, right? Don't we automatically think, well, whatever God wants, it's going to happen? How many of you just automatically, whatever God wants, it's going to happen? Well, now you don't want to raise your hands because, because you're, you're afraid that I'm going to prove you wrong. I am. I'm just letting you know. I am. And I'm going to show you because I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, iron sharpens iron here. God doesn't get everything he wants. I like it. It's all quiet. Because I know where I'm going. You don't. You're like, heretic. Not yet. (laughs) Not yet. Not yet. But I am going to show you some things about God's will, his desire, that doesn't always happen the way that he wants. And I'm going to tell you that sometimes you're the reason. Oh, man. Now he's really, really. All right. Hold with me. All right. The first type of will that I want to talk about is the unconditional will. Unconditional will. That means it's going to happen no matter what right? There's things that God is going to do, and if you're in the way, he's either going to go around you, over you, under you, or if necessary, through you. It is going to happen. When God says, my people are coming out of Egypt, it's unconditional. It's going to happen. So Pharaoh, you can get with the program. I can go around you, over you, and if you keep messing with me, I'm going to go right through you. When God deals with an unconditional will, it will happen no matter what. So you can be on the receiving end or on the delivering end. You can be with them or against them, but it's going to happen. So when we're talking about God's will, it's going to happen. Now, the second one I want to show you is this, God's desired will. This is what God wants to happen, and he partners with us partners with us. 
God's desirable will is in partnership with his people. There are a lot of things that God desires, and sometimes it doesn't happen. And I'm going to show you a couple of verses after I talk about this next aspect. The third will is this, free will. Man has free will to choose his own path. Some people do not believe this. Some people have believes that, well, you know, the, they get kind of really wrapped up in this one man-made doctrine of, on election. And we can get really stuck on, well, God and his election, you don't really have free will. Here's the reality is you do. If James Hoagland wanted to come up here and just slap me, he has the free will to not do that is what I would encourage. Um, you have the free will. You can make your own decisions. Okay? You can, you can say, well, I'm going to do this or I'm not going to do this. God is a gentleman. He does not force you to not be able to make your own choices. Sometimes I wished he did. Sometimes I'm like, God, would you just impose your will over my free will and everyone else's? Just take over for a minute because we are making terrible choices, right? See, let me give you a quick example. God wants you to choose life. He wants you to choose him. But how many people choose death and reject God? See, if we were ever to sit here and say, well, God doesn't get always everything he wants, let me show you this. Jesus' own words. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones, those are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. Jesus is saying, I have wanted to gather you up. And, I, and a hen protects her chicks. The, wind, the, 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 the hen protects them and provides for them and guides them and leads them. And he says, you were not willing. The word wanted, he wanted to do this is philo. Same place where we get the thelema. It's wish or desire. Let me show you another one. In 1 Timothy 2.4, God says this through his word, God who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of truth. God's desired will is that every person would be saved. But let's be honest, is everybody saved? See, God wants, that's his desired will. God wants everyone to be saved. But the truth is not everyone is saved. That doesn't take anything away from his power. God is all-powerful but he has allowed you to choose. You get to choose. You get to choose life or death. You get to. He's allowed you to do that. I want to talk about God's revealed will. Revealed. We discover God's revealed will throughout the Bible. So we, we, we see his unconditional will his desired will, we see man's free will, and now we see the fourth revealed will. This is where when you, as you open up God's word and you study God's word and as you, you know, attend Sunday school class, you, you do all of these different things. What, what, what you're doing is you're piece by piece, you are discovering God's will. It's been revealed in his word, revealed. Let me show you this. First Thessalonians 4. This is the will of God. 
It's kind of black and white or purple and white in this case. So maybe I should have changed the color of that. Black and white, purple and white. This is purple and white, folks. This is the will of God, your sanctification. God wants you, his desire, he's revealing it to you. I want this for you and I'm revealing it to you. I want you to be sanctified. Sanctified means that he wants you to grow up and be separate from the rest of the world. He wants you to understand his kingdom, his kingdom to come. He wants you to to come to a place in your life where you're growing and you're allowing him to make changes in your life. God's will for you, and he revealed it to you, is that you will grow up. Right? I mean, there's a whole bunch of other stuff there too. So that you should abstain from sexual immorality. Guys, let's be honest. The world that we live in is not about that. You can't even watch commercials and not have sex jammed down your throat. You can't watch any show. I was watching a cartoon with my kids the other day, just a cartoon movie. I was like, oh, this looks good. And it's kind of like Hollywood just can't stop throwing all of America's sin in your face. Hollywood has to make everything pure that God intended and turn it into something disgusting. We are to abstain from sexual immorality that each of you should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor. That's his will. He wants you to know how to deal with your own body and to be sexually not immoral. He wants you to be able to grow in sanctification and in honor, not in passion and lust like the Gentiles who do not know God. So you're supposed to live in a way that you know God. That's what he's saying. I want you, the will that I have for you is to live in such a way that you know God. Do people know by your words, your actions, your deeds, and your attitude that you know God? Woo. You guys are really quiet today, so I'm either offending everybody or sinking into everybody or you haven't made your decision yet. So, it's all right. It's God's word. That no one should take advantage of or defraud his brother in this matter because the Lord is the avenger of all such. And also forewarned you and testified, for God did not call us to uncleanness, but he calls us to holiness. Therefore, he who rejects this does not reject man, but God. See, here's how I always feel about the word of God. When I, I say, you know what, the, the, being a pastor is hard, being a preacher is easy. All I got to do is read the word of God. Because even if it offends somebody, you're not rejecting me, you're rejecting God's word. Because that's what I'm just sharing. It's my job to share God's word. And then you have to decide what you're going to do. I, I, like, I, I like to picture myself as a mailman. And I'm handing you the mail. This is what God's word says. you got to decide, well, I don't like that verse. I'm just going to call that junk mail in my life. But here's the deal. When we reject God's word, you're not rejecting the person delivering it. You're rejecting God himself because it's his word. <sighs> right? So don't do that. <laughs> That's my recommendation. Don't do that. All right, so let me show you another passage. In uh, 1 Thessalonians, the same book, 
5, 16, and 18. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing in everything. Give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. God's will for you is that you will praise the Lord when it's sunny. That you'll praise the Lord when it's raining. You're going to praise and rejoice and be thankful when everything's great. And you're going to thank God when everything's wrong. One of the greatest things about my mentor, Pastor Loggins, is I remember the day that, that uh, he, was, he was serving in a, in a, in a ministry and, and did not even see that he was blindsided and absolutely just fired. Just fired because they were making cuts throughout the whole um, building and, and, and all the ministries that were there. And his was one of the ones that they just, they just cut it. And it was like, yeah, today's your last day. See ya. And he calls me and I'm like, oh, man, I'm so sorry. Because that's my first thing. I was like, oh, man, I'm sorry. And you're like, what are you talking about? Praise God. And I'm like, okay, how are you doing? Well, I'm thankful and I'm praising God because the Bible tells me to rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. This is the will of God for your life, to rejoice and be thankful always. To praise God in the good and praise him in the, in the sad and praise him in the hard, Right? Isn't that amazing when you start thinking about the revealed will? And guys, I only brought out a few verses. Let me give you another one. 1 Peter 2.15, 17 says this. For this is the will of God. Sometimes you can just get in your Bible and literally search verses on will of God. Directly that statement and you'll find a whole bunch. For this is the will of God. That by doing good, you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. A lot of foolishness around our world. This is the will of God, that by doing the good thing, by doing the right thing, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. When we're doing the right thing, we're doing the good thing. When you're doing the good thing, you're going to start putting foolish people in their place. As free, yet not using your liberty as a cloak for vices, but as bondservants of God. Honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Now when we start talking about God's revealed will, not all the verses are always on that positive side of things. Let me share a couple of you that's kind of difficult. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11. Do you not know that unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? So I'm going to put a pause right there, just in that first line. Do you not know the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness seek the kingdom so i can't seek the kingdom first if i'm not willing to be in the righteousness of god's god's law god's way his word you guys following me on this right how often we say god i want your kingdom to come but i'm not willing to live the righteous life what he's saying is do you not know the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of god do not be deceived he said don't trick yourself that's what deceived deceived means to be deceived is when i trick myself and i lie to myself Lying to yourself, you already know it's a lie. He says, do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor adult, uh, idolaters, nor adulterers. I'm going to stop for, on the adultery part. You know what one major area of trouble in America is? Pornography. It's so easy to get hooked in pornography. I've heard lots of spouses that make that, that justification for their other spouses and say, well, you know what, I've just gotten to a point where I'm okay with it. Why? He's cheating on you. When you look at pornography and you are married, you have now committed adultery. 
The Bible says, Jesus' own words, not mine, Jesus says, if you look at another woman in lust, you've committed adultery in your heart. Did you know that the average age of young people looking at pornography is now at the age of 11? By the age of nine, most students have seen a full naked body of the opposite sex by the age of nine. How do you think that happens? Because parents aren't regulating what their kids have in their possession. Nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. See, he's not picking on one sin. What he's saying is you can't live like hell and then ask heaven to come down. It doesn't work that way. God says this is my kingdom and I want you to seek my kingdom first. I want you to seek my righteousness first. Then you can ask for my kingdom to come and I'll invade. Galatians 5.19, the acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition. You know, when I look at fits of rage, how many fathers do we have in the house today that your kids can drive you to fits of rage? Because I'm the first one. I want want you to think about this. And and, and I'm saying this because what, what we often do is we say, well, I'm not living a homosexual life, or I'm not, I'm not stealing, or I didn't, you know, murder anybody, so really what I'm doing is not that bad. What God is saying here is he's like, listen, if you're allowing your life to be driven by fits of rage, and that's a normal part of your life, you got a heart problem, sir, or ma'am. He's saying that you can't live with jealousy. Come on, jealousy. You can't live in unforgiveness and expect to inherit the kingdom of God. Drunkenness is not just alcohol, that's drugs, that's addiction. See, a lot of times when we see drunkenness, we only put it to one thing. Do you know how many addictions? Did you know that actually sugar is a greater addiction than any other substance in the world? See, we we talk about the sins that we may not struggle with, But America's got some struggles. All my pastors are praying right now, please stop. (laughs) We were talking about maybe having a seating problem, and then they're like, well, we're not going to have a seating problem if you keep talking. I, I, I feel your prayers. Thank you, guys. I'm just kidding. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. But I want you to see this. He says, those who live, not those who fall. I'm not talking about if you fall into a sin. I'm talking about when we're living like this. When I'm living and settled into my addiction, when I'm settled in to just like, well, that's who I am. I'm just a jealous person. Jealous people are not getting to heaven. They're not inheriting the kingdom because God says that's not how this works. You can't live like this. You got to allow me to sanctify you. You got to allow me to redeem you. You got to allow me to take that out of you. That's what it's about. Will not inherit the kingdom of God. I mean, did you guys catch all of this? 
how often am I praying for God's kingdom to come and take over and fix things in my life, but I have not sought his kingdom first. I don't even know what he wants, and I'm definitely not seeking his will because I'm trying to impose my will into his kingdom. Why do we have so many prayers that don't get past the roof? Right here it is. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So the last will that I want to talk about is secret will. God has plans and purposes and blessings for you that you don't even know about. As a parent, and, and, and here's kind of a neat little way of thinking about it. As a parent, there are so many things I want for my kids that they don't know about yet. Like there are things that I just want for them, and any parent does. You, you look at your kid and you're like, man, I want this for you, but I'm not going to say anything yet because i got to see how this plays out. i got to see how this happens. So God has secret plans, secret purposes, and blessings for your life that he just want, can't wait to give to you. How many times as a parent I've watched my kid and I'm like, okay, if they do this, then I'm going to do this. Oh, they didn't do that. Well, I guess they just missed out on that one. Parents, am I right? There's times when you're watching your child and they do the right thing and then you just bring down a blessing. You're like, I'm blessing. Your socks are coming off because I'm blessing them off. And then there's other times like, oh, you did not handle that well. I am not going to do what I was thinking about. It's the truth. But guess what? God has the same thing. Let me show you a couple of verses. I forgot to actually put that up there. Now that you guys see that, now we're going. Okay, so Romans 16, 25. I, I get, I'm, I'm amped. So um, Romans 16, because I'm actually really amped for our invitation. I'm so excited because God's going to change. I, I, he, I, lives are going to change today. So we're just on the journey getting to that point. And sometimes I get so amped for the end that I, I forget that I got to touch the button on the way. So now him, now to him who is able to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery kept secret since the world began, but now made manifest, and by the prophetic scriptures made known to all nations according to the commandment of everlasting God for the obedience to the faith to God alone wise be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. We know that there's, you could find a hundred verses talking about the mysteries of God. There are some mysteries out there. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound toward us all in wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in him. It's pretty awesome. When you look at that, that it's talking about that he has this this mystery of his will, right? And, and it's according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself. 1 Corinthians 2, 7 and 8. We speak the wisdom of God in mystery, the hidden wisdom of God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew, for, they had, they, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. There were things kept from people to make certain things happen, and then afterwards revealed to us to help us understand. 
Last one, Colossians chapter 1. I now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ for the sake of his body, which is the church, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship of God, which is given to me for the you to fulfill the word of God, the mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to his saints. To them God willed to make known what are the riches of his glory of the mystery among Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. I want to say something, though. When we start thinking about the things that God wants to show you, blessings that you don't even know about yet, you will never know God's secret will if you're ignoring His revealed will. We kind of want to jump to the secret blessings that we're not knowing about, but God says, I've revealed some things to your life that you need to change, and because you're unwilling to change, I'm not revealing the things that I have for you yet. Don't ignore God's revealed will to our life. When we are praying, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Can we agree to God's word today? Okay, I want you to listen to me. So I was, I was praying yesterday. I worry about my children a lot. A lot more than I used to. Um, when Malachi passed, then all of a sudden, I never in my wildest dreams would have ever thought that, you know, you don't think about your children ever getting sick or anything happening to your children in kind of the back of your mind, you know, like that happens in big cities and that happens far away. And when something like that happens to you, then all of a sudden you worry all the time. You know, they get, you know, a couple of our daughters had a headache and all of a sudden we're like, are we, we going to go get an MRI right now and check this brain out? I mean, you know, I mean, and, and, and so you're, you, you have these fears and, and my greatest fear is not whether they get sick or something happens like that, my greatest fear is what if they leave my house and they stop believing in the Lord? Like there is no great, I tell my girls this all the time, I'm such a weird dad, I'm like, girls, I just want to confess a fear to you. My greatest fear is that when you graduate high school, you're going to stop loving the Lord. Please don't. Like that, <laughs> please don't do that. I, you know, I, I want their, their faith to be their faith and not, well, I, I don't want to disappoint dad, so I better believe in God. And then all of a sudden, it's not real in their life. And so I have all of these, these fears. Is anybody else, am I the only one that has those kind of fears, right? How about this? How many of you worry? You worry about your kids. Anybody worrying about their kids? I worry about my kids all the time. How many of you are, are, are having some time worrying about your marriage? Come on, don't be lying in the house of the Lord. All right, very, sounds like everybody's marriage is awesome. Great, okay, so... Maybe you're, you're worried about your career or, or a job, right? Am I right? What about worrying about how you're going to pay your bills, your finances, right? Maybe there's something I didn't even list in here that you're worried about, but I want to share something with you, that this prayer changes everything. We're asking God to bring his kingdom down and, to, and, and invade my kingdom, Right after he taught this prayer, he says, do not worry. 
Don't worry about what you're going to wear, what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink. Don't worry about those things. Pagans run after that. Non-believers run after that. Okay? Don't worry about that. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things, all these things that you're worried about. I'm worried about my kids. Well, guess what? If I'm seeking God's kingdom first and I'm seeking out God's righteousness, I'll be a better dad. I won't have a fit of rage all the time. You know, I won't, you know, if, if I am, as, as a husband, if I'm sitting there going, okay, I need to seek God's kingdom and I need to, well, I need to seek his righteousness. Well, as a, as a husband, the, his righteousness, God's righteousness, his plan, his will for a, a husband is to love his wife like Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. So if I can live out God's righteous plan for a husband, then I don't have to worry about my marriage because I'm seeking seeking God first. I'm seeking his kingdom first. I'm seeking his righteousness first. And then all the things that I'm worried about just start going away. I was sitting on my trailer. I have a little flatbed trailer and I was sitting on the trailer and I was worried about my kids and I was just praying for them and I was praying and I was praying and all of a sudden God said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all those things you're worrying about is going to be given to you. So I want you to bow your heads. And I pray that we won't let fear hold us back today. If you're carrying worry over your children, over your marriage, over your career, over your job, over your finances, over a major crossroads that's before you, I'm going to encourage you to get up out of your seat, come to the altar, turn around in your chair right there where you're at, hit your knee somewhere. What I want to encourage us is to not be afraid to get down on our knees before the King of kings and the Lord of lords and say, God, I need your kingdom to come and take over my marriage. I need you to take over and invade my kids. God, I'm going to seek your kingdom first. God, I'm seeking your kingdom God, there's some things in my life, there's some, some, some things, and, 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 and I haven't been righteous, I haven't been seeking your righteousness. God, I've got some things wrong, and I want to make it right. Maybe there's some things in your life that you have not been seeking his righteousness, but maybe right now is the time to say, God, I'm laying that down. God, I want to seek your righteousness. The altar is open. We know exactly what to pray. God, your kingdom come. God, your will be done. God, I am seeking your kingdom first. God, I haven't been, but I am now. God, I haven't been, but I am today, and I start now. I'm seeking you. I'm seeking your kingdom. God, I need to get out of the way. God, I need to get out of the way. God, forgive me for when I have put my own kingdom before your kingdom. God, I'm seeking you now, here and now. Seek God's kingdom. Seek his righteousness and watch your worry 
go away. You want to stop worrying, then you pray. Your kingdom come, God. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven.